More on Apple's Far Out event and question and answers with the Long Island Macintosh user group and Adam Angst. This is Mac Voices. Today's Mac Voices is supported by Rogue Amoeba. Visit them at macaudio.com right now to take 20% off purchases through September. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, this time we wrap up our visit with Adam Angst and the Long Island Macintosh user group by finishing off a few odds and ends from our discussion of Apple's Far Out event and then taking questions from the audience. Let's go back and let the group do the talking. Jeffrey, what do you got? Uh, well, uh, I'm currently using the uh, iPhone X, uh, which, which I love still. Um, but uh, I'm interested in seeing what Apple's got coming up. The 14 and the 15 discussion tonight was very good. But now I'm thinking oh. if I were to splurge for 14, the next thing I have to do is upgrade my, Air, uh, my uh, iCloud to be able to handle the new capacity. Is that oh, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. Yes, Scott. Um, if you were you with Verizon, are you not? Yes. If you buy an iPhone 14 from them, you get a, a whole bunch of free stuff, okay? And, and that includes 200 gigs of space with iCloud. Oh, that may not be enough with these big... Uh, well, I don't know. I'm not a photographer. I don't know. But you don't have to update your iCloud. You could just go direct. You don't need more iCloud space. By the way, Scott, I'm dying yes. to know, in the background, is that a boulder in your pool or a meteorite? It's not. It was my pool. <laughs> That's a picture of, we, uh, of our first home here. Oh. <laughs> okay. But they're we in Arizona, up, so it all got it a all fantastic offer, offer on that on our home, and it, it was too good to pass up. But we bought this home, which is much better in some ways, for $100,000 less. So that's what's left of your old home. Yes. <laughs> we'll talk. I'm muted. This myself. one came with solar panels, better air conditioning systems, everything. But not a boulder. <laughs> not a boulder. No, I don't have a boulder, no. <laughs> Easy. By the way, it's easy to get one here. Bring it to you. I think they're called rocks. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, rock and roll. I was a musician. Bang the rocks together, man. Okay. <laughs> Rick, what do you? Rick, what do you got? Okay, uh, I, I still have a question about whether or not I need to get a an Apple Watch with cellular if. I've got my iPhone with me 99.999999% of the time. You don't. I mean, don't. I, I, I practically live with the iPhone, and I'm thinking about getting an Apple Watch. Do I need to get cellular? No, no. So, so the, the, the um, uh, I, Tanya has gotten cellular and actually has service because um, women's clothing still doesn't have good enough pockets for iPhones. Um, so she often does not have her iPhone on her body. And so it is very common for her to want to, um, to, you know, to take a call without having to go like hunt down where in the house her iPhone has gotten to, or she's a runner too. And so she's often out and about and she, you know, wants to, you know, sort of have that 
option of being able to make a call if she was, you know, in, in trouble somewhere um, and things like that. So she's had the iPhone, the Apple Watch with cellular for a long time and she uses it. Um, so it's worth the, the $10 a month extra cost. Um, when I got this Series 5, we were doing a lot of um, hand-me-down stuff. So like, you know, one of us would get one thing and then hand me down to the other. And so I chose to buy the cellular model, pay the extra hundred bucks for that, um, with, with, but didn't have never enabled it. Cause I'm like you, if I don't have the, if I don't have my phone with me, I don't want to have a phone with me. Um, and so, you know, I don't run, I don't run with it, but I'm, I don't ever worry about needing a phone while I'm running. I'm not, you know, I'm very seldom running somewhere far enough or away from enough civilization or by myself enough where I would ever really be concerned about, you know, hurting myself badly enough that I never want to call. Um, so, so in situations like yours, yeah, I'd say there's simply no reason to bother getting, getting the cellular watch. It's, it's a, it's an actually a pretty easy decision at that point where it gets harder is if you are with your, without your phone or your phone's not on your body a fair amount of the time. And you start worrying about that. You now that's where it's, uh, you're like, Oh boy. Yeah. It would be nice if, then you then it's then it's a question of do you want to pay the extra hundred bucks for the cellular capability and the extra ten dollars a month for the service. And I want to jump in on that one too because I have to admit I was I was very much in Adam's camp until recently because um, I, I just didn't want to spend the extra hundred bucks and I definitely didn't want to you know enrich AT and T any any more than I already am. But you know the more I look at it as as a safety thing. And having had now a couple people in my in my life have significant falls, it doesn't change that. It doesn't change that, Adam. But you know, it's it's situations where they were too far away. In one case, definitely too far away from the phone. And it's like, ah, you know oh, what? Right. Oh, oh, so they're not with the phone, right? Right, a hundred bucks and one twenty a year. That's not terribly expensive insurance. And if right. and if there's a doubt in your mind, you don't have to turn on the cellular service. Just get it as an option, and because you can always turn, you know, use it. And if you decide you don't need it, turn it off. But yeah. I, I, I've, I, I next the next watch I get, I will at least buy the cellular capable. Whether I'll turn it on or not is another matter. But so do most carriers do? Do most carriers then uh, have? Uh, like monthly plans for that? So I mean, you can put it on. It's almost month, always yeah. It's almost yeah. always then, ten. Don't want it, turn it off. Yeah. Uh, can I make a quick point? Yeah. Um, I don't remember the percentage, but whatever percent you get back on a trade-in of an Apple Watch, you get a higher percentage of the cellular cellular part of it back when you add it to the trade-in, when it's in your, your watch. I, again, I don't remember the thing, but I kind of figured it out. And you do get a, a little bit more percentage of it back. So actually, maybe it's costing you half that hundred or, you know, depending on when you're trading your watch in for a new model. So so just to make sure people are clear on this, if you the fall detection, for instance, which is the kind of big thing, well, actually, about like crash detection in the new ones. If you have your watch and your phone with you um, and the watch detects a fall, it will still call emergency services using the phone. So you don't need cellular for the safety features of the watch to work if it's within range of the phone. It's if it's not within range of the phone that it's a problem, and so that's where you get to be yeah, get to be an issue. So, um, I mean, the big thing that I mean, you know, we're, we and or our parents are all getting to the the age where you know falls start getting to be a real problem. What I've heard from a number of people is is the the, the concern you get to is is that 
you do have to wear the watch and charge the watch. And as people get to a certain age, um, being able to stay up to date with those tasks of is it charged all the time? Is it, you know, are you wearing it all the time is the hard part. Um, that they're great safety features, but not if you're not wearing it. So, Victor. <laughs> I think he's still muted. Right. You're right. There, there we go. go. I want to chime in on the watch thing again also because I I bought the um, uh, watch six a couple years ago. And I was debating whether or not my Rick is now cellular versus non. And and I was going to not buy the cellular and save the 100 bucks and the $10. And my wife said, no, you know, it's, it's cheap enough. Go ahead and buy it. And, and I'm glad I did. Um, not for any great reason, but uh, I, I do like the convenience. Like, for example, a couple of times, actually, my, my iPhone, um, the battery wore down. So I couldn't oh, call yeah. like that. Uh, and if I was using it for something <clears throat> else, email or watching a video or who knows what, you know, um, I had the option, which I did use a couple of times to make a call on the, uh, on the watch. And it's just another level of protection. I think as, as Chuck said, uh, for the money, I think it's, it's worth it. And I, I have used it a couple of times and I, I like you, Rick, I have my phone with me, you know, all the time and, I still wear the watch all the time and, and the capability of having to be able to make a call from that. And I have, um, sometimes, well, also just not have to dig out. What's nice about the watch is, you know, it's Dick Tracy here, you know, I mean, I don't have to dig it out of my pocket and do anything. It's on my hand right here. So, and I've done that and I like that, um, capability. So for that reason, for me, it's, a uh, it's a good thing to have the cellular. Well, thanks, everybody. Now I'm, I'm still confused, perhaps more confused. <laughs> <laughs> thanks a lot. That's, yeah. that's what we're here for. That's um, right. All right, Thomas. Oh, hey, how are you guys? Um, I had a question that's a little off the beaten path because um, it's, it's slowly, well, slowly, I think we're coming out of this. So we're going to hopefully have live uh, meetings just as in the past, expos kind of went away with a lot of kicking and screaming. Um, now, you know, they had obviously the events, which they could hold at a much more nimble uh, pace. Um, but now, of course, they have the freedom of, um, you know, uh, being at um, wherever they want to be and having all these special effects, you know, people zooming in and out and doing their <laughs> own thing. Um, and they're able to time it better. You know, demos don't get um, messed up, right? Because it's all of it's pre-recorded, I'm sure. And uh, ultimately, are they ever going to go back to live presentations with journalists and fans in the, in the audience? I, you know, they are. They've already gotten to the point where they're inviting certain people to come watch it at, at uh, Apple Park and get some hands-on afterwards. But my understanding was that it's basically just pre-recorded. And, and you're right. I mean, I mean, keep in mind, this is Apple. I mean, you want to talk about like the king of control freaks. Um, so, you know, 
They this don't is like a wet dream to them eventually. Right, they precisely. Do, yeah. I mean, they control everything so completely in those in those those demos, and and they can make sure that no one stumbles on their lines, and you know, there's no crashes. Remember Steve Jobs throwing the camera at one of into the audience at one of his one of his flunkies when when something didn't work during a keynote at MacWorld Expo New York, you know, so. I would be very surprised if Apple ever went back to a significant live event. Um, if they did, it would be more like, you know, again, queuing up, you know, a few live people queuing up a lot of video. You see, they might still do it there. Yeah. Yeah, precisely. I mean, and, and even WWDC. So for instance, people thought, Oh, this is going to be a real problem because I won't, you know, like you won't be able to go and talk to the Apple engineers. And, and what I've heard from developers is they really like, being able to just sit and watch an Apple engineer kind of, in essence, read from a script. I mean, these people aren't great presenters, but they're, but they're getting exactly what they wanted. It's, you know, it's been really well thought through. And then there's ways of connecting directly with people, you know, that they don't have to like wait in a big line to get in, you know, to get talk to the engineer. So, you know, it's, it's sad in many ways because of the, the, you know, the social aspects do get lost and, um, and there is something, I mean, you know, there is something about live performance. Live performance is a big deal. And, but I don't think Apple is the sort of company that wants to take the chance of things going wrong or being misconstrued due to something that was out of their control. There's one other thing you're probably missing out is the stockholder meetings. If you remember, the original Macintosh was introduced at a stockholder meeting, and that's a live thing. I believe that could still be uh, done live. Yeah. 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 Cause I mean, those are a lot of, that's a lot of what stockholders get to ask questions and things like that. Right. So, right. um, yeah. So I, it is, it does seem that, that long, you know, live events more and more. And I mean, I mean, I'll have to admit that, you know, um, I was actually curious. I was just looking the other day, I, um, the big, big conference that I had used to go to quite recently, you know, just before COVID was Mac tech conference out in Los Angeles. And, um, you know, I was like, oh, I wonder if that's happening this year. And they haven't even updated their page from, from like early 2021. Wow. You know, so, you know, it's like, and, and I was thinking about it, like, would I go to a big conference, right? You know, and that's only, you know, 300 people or something like that. And the answer was, no, I wouldn't. You yeah. know, it just, I wouldn't do that yet. So, you know, I'll fly now because I can, I can wear my N95 mask for long periods of time, but, uh, but right. no, I'm not going to go to a conference. So I think it's going to be a yeah. while before we are comfortable and that may, the time may have passed when that's, uh, when that becomes the case. That's fair. And and the final thing I'll let you go is the, the cellular part of the phones. Um, you know, we, 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 based on, to continue that Star Trek analogy, the old series had the, the flip thing, which, you know, we've, has come and gone, but now it might come back because the foldables are back, but I'm, I'm waiting for the next uh, iPhone to be the one where you just kind of like tap your shoulder and then you can talk to people. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but that's well, going to play havoc with the pacemakers though. I mean, yeah, true. We, yeah, right. <laughs> it's six, six inches. I'm, we're not going to do it. <laughs> Actually, the rumor is that Apple will be getting out of iPhone. Uh, phones as such and moving to augmented and um, uh, virtual reality goggles and that will become the new whatever iphone it's gonna it's gonna be interesting um i mean you know i've 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 played a little bit with some of like the oculus goggles and and stuff like that and um it's it's interesting 
but and I'm I'm actually much much more bullish on augmented reality than virtual reality. Um, you know, augmented where you're seeing the world around you and there's stuff on top of it um, rather than virtual where you've got these goggles on. I mean, the, the concept of having goggles on and not knowing what's around you just seems like a horrible, horrible idea. Um, you know, that, I mean, you're going to trip over stuff. You're going to, you know, like you're not paying attention to your kids, you know, <laughs> unimaginable things could go wrong. Today's Mac Voices is supported by Rogue Amoeba. If you're working with audio on your Mac, then you need Rogue Amoeba's products. Rogue Amoeba is celebrating their 20th anniversary. No, wait, that has to be a typo. 20 years? What? Yes, two full decades making amazing audio apps for the Mac. If you're a podcaster, musician, or just someone who listens to audio on their Mac, Rogue Amoeba can make your life better. Whatever you want to do with audio, it's a very good bet that they have a tool to help you. With Audio Hijack, you can record any audio. Loopback gives you extremely powerful audio routing without needing cables or mixers. And SoundSource is the sound control panel that should be built into macOS. And yes, I have all of these and other Rogue Amoeba products on my production Mac. Rogue Amoeba doesn't run constant gimmicky sales or discounts. They charge fair prices all the time. But in celebration of their anniversary, they're making an exception. For a limited time to celebrate their 20 years in business, you can get 20% off any purchase from Rogue Amoeba. You don't need any coupon codes or special URLs. Just visit macaudio.com before the end of September to save 20% on anything they make. Download free trials, then buy online to receive the discounted price. Congratulations to Rogue Amoeba on 20 great years. Visit them at macaudio.com right now. And thanks to Rogue Amoeba for supporting Mac Voices at multiple times over the life of our show. The augmented reality, you know, it's 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 interesting. I'm going to be curious to see where we go um, in terms of of having like the resolution so that things actually look pretty good when they're superimposed on on the real world, and um, if the ref, you know the refresh rate is it because you hit what's called the uncanny valley when things don't work quite right. You know, that if it doesn't move as you would expect, it's worse than if it's radically wrong. Um, it's, it's just close. It's, it's, uh, it's problematic. So there's going to be all sorts of solutions, you know, issues to, ch- to, uh, to address there. And I think it's going to be a while uh, before, you know, I mean, we'll see when the Apple comes out with the first thing. I mean, we know they're working on it. There's no question about it. Um, and that will give us, I think, the we'll start to have a timeline that will become will make sense as far as like is this just an add-on to your iphone because it is going to be a first there's no way they're going to be able to put the kind of processing power into glasses that you'll need um and at what point would this get to the level where okay you don't need an iphone anymore you just wear these glasses and control them probably in interesting ways i don't know i mean there's lots of science fiction which has posited many different approaches so we will we will have to see which which one apple actually tries to make real theoretically the iphone would be would be able to stay in your pocket and talk to the uh, the the goggles yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. At, at first, that will almost certainly be the case because we need it for the processing and the communications, and mm-hmm. they're just not going to be able. And and you know, they're all the all the, like the earpieces. I mean, I've got very thin glasses, but you know, the earpieces will have to be a little thicker, and that's where they'll put the processing power and the batteries and stuff. So well, they're doing amazing things with the M processor. Obviously, they can do more with uh, within the confines of an eyeglass frame. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. and yeah, it's going to be, be interesting good. to see. But I did, I did get email. From, I, I get PR email from random, <laughs> random companies all over. And someone sent me this this press release about how you know did I want to talk to their experts because you know they'd done a survey of a thousand Americans and you know and um, it's something like. 19% of them have used AR or, or whatever, and 50% of them are excited about it. So it's like, you can't tell me that 50% of Americans even know what AR is, is much less, you know, kind of if they're excited. Those are my speakers. What are they talking about? <laughs> I mean, the, I, I, long ago, it's, it's quite a while now, but I, I can go back and look, maybe, I don't know, 2008, 2009, something like that. There was that wonderful Google video where they went to Times Square and asked people what the web was. And got, you know, just completely random answers. You know, people clearly had no clue what the World Wide Web was. And so I have a feeling that AR is very much in that boat right now. So uh, maybe, maybe it was um, people who knew what AR was and only half of them really was interested in it. But the other <laughs> thing is um, the uh, the last thing is uh, maybe they'll have the uh, goggles slash, um, you know, uh, Oculus devices with transparency mode. So you could tell where everyone is walking <laughs> in your uh, metaverse. <laughs> well, you know, the gamers want virtual, but Apple wants to be augmented. And Apple's never done well in the game world, so I think we're good with Apple on that. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I mean, people have seen them. Probably you might have seen the movie Ready Player One or read the books. The books are wonderful, actually. The, the, the movie was was visually impressive, but uh, but I think the books are better. But I thought what was interesting about it is is that this is often kind of portrayed as a you know I won't say realistic, but you know it's a it's a look at why we would have this metaverse which you enter via your your, your goggles and your virtual virtual reality suit and everything like that and what's what i think was most telling about it because they, they give almost no particularly in the movie almost no attention to this is just how awful the real world is for people to do this right <laughs> you know like you know, the, and, and, and the more time you spend there, the less time you're like worrying about what your real world is like. And, you know, and it's really a pretty dystopic real world in this uh, in this movie. And and you don't get that much of a sense of it um, from because, of course, it's all about the, the wonderful virtual world. But, you know, for for those of us who are actual adults, you know, there's a sense of like, OK, I don't think you're going to be worried about your virtual reality if like, you know, everything is crumbling around you because you know we have you know horrible horrible environmental problems and you know incredible poverty etc etc so i think we gotta this is gets in like take care of the planet you're on first before you go up inventing virtual ones we're already putting traffic signals on the floor because people are looking down at their phone and not looking up <laughs> where they should be yeah, that's true oh uh, it's true it's true yeah so well, um, uh, any other questions? Yeah, we'll take one last question before we I go. I just wanted to make one nice. last comment uh, about in-person versus virtual, like with Zoom. I know that when I do presentations, it's never the same when it's done virtually as when it's in person. I miss the feedback, the reactions that I get from the audience, and I think that connection is very important and we lose it in a virtual presentation. It, it's an interesting point, And I will say that it's actually, it's got, has gotten better. So, because obviously I could see all of you during, during the uh, presentation and I could see, you know, when people perked up or whatnot. Um, the problem I will say on the flip side of that is, is that we've all gotten so used to zoom 
that a lot of people, I mean, if people turn their cameras off, obviously no problem. Um, but a lot of people kind of zone out. Um, and, uh, and you can tell when someone's zoned out and as a, as a presenter, sometimes you're like, you come on, I'm going to wake you up. Come on. <laughs> you don't want to yeah. poke people. You see, um, but when I'm sharing my screen, I don't see that audience, that zoom audience like you do now. You need two I, screens. I, excuse me. If you, have, if you have two monitors, you can do that. Yeah, you can, but then That's I'm great. not concentrating on the one where I'm doing the presentation. Yeah. I find it yeah. distracting. So um, I, I prefer in-person meetings, but I won't do in-person at this point in time. Yeah. Right. So you know, just, to, just to finish that off quickly and then quick to Albert, um, I said I'm president of the, of the local runners club, and um, we have to switch to having all of our board meetings via Zoom. And we've had just a couple, actually one of each of the last two years in person. And so we've gotten pretty, you know, pretty, pretty uh, familiar with Zoom. But I agree, the, the in-person meetings are much more fun um, and, and in many ways more productive. You get better discussions and whatnot. But wow, people are like, you mean I don't have to drive for half an hour and find parking mm -hmm. and all of that? And yeah, you know, so there's just, so there's, you, you do get all this other stuff and I mean, I would like to see, I mean, Zoom doesn't do a terrible job, although no one's really picked up on the, uh, their virtual environment -y things where like, it looks like you're all sitting in a con you know, a conference hall rather than, you know, little squares. Um, but, uh, but I do feel like we, we need to do better uh, in this way because virtual is really great in some ways. And, you know, Hey, you know, there's a little bit of that, you know, the whole climate change thing. If we don't get 40 people all driving to the same spot, when they could just see, you know, like be, you know, you know, avoid those extra miles for no reason. You know, at some point that's going to be a big deal. So anyway, Albert, you had a question last real quick. As long as we're uh, speaking about Zoom, I have in front of me a little window that says new apps for you. Discover and add apps to enhance your Zoom experience. What exactly is that? So um, there are small little apps, I mean, for lack of a better term, um, that you can, you can use in, in Zoom um, that will do something there. The only one I've ever used actually is a timer. So as someone who runs meetings, I have an agenda. I have know how long I want each thing in my agenda to take. And so I can put up a, this app, timer app, um, and it takes over <laughs> the chat window side. And, um, and it's a, it's a nice little tool to be able to, you know, click, click go. And I can see when it goes, you know, I hit five minutes or 10 minutes or whatever. So for the normal people who are just using Zoom <laughs> to connect to stuff. Yeah, whatever. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I doubt there's anything in there you need. Okay. So. Yeah, <laughs> All right. Wait, Michael, Everyone one is... last one. Come on, oh, get it in. Let's go yeah. quick. Okay. I just want to ask, uh, to clarify, we're speaking about the cell watch. Yes. Um, do I can I use the cell watch iWatch without using the uh, iPhone? So no, oh, no you, I mean if, if I prefer for false protection. So yes. So okay. if you have, I mean, if you have, um, you do not have to have an iPhone with you. Something I want to make clear is that unless you're talking a you know family situation where you're giving an Apple Watch to a child, you always have to have an Apple Watch paired with an iPhone. Um, so you do have to have the iPhone, but if you have a cellular Apple watch, you do not have to have the iPhone with you for the fall detection to work and call emergency services. But you need a, the phone to do any updates and other stuff. So yeah. 
You can't be a, a poor person with only a watch and not a phone. Right. Unless you're, unless you want to be someone's child and have them set you up on their phone. <laughs> Definitely not that in my problem. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you very yeah, much. No, Apple added, added this family mode to allow that because, you know, again, what, what parents were discovering was they have a, a six-year-old or a seven-year-old and who they're sending off to school or doing lessons or things like that. And they want to be able to communicate with them, but they're too young to have a phone or certainly too young to trust with a four or $500 phone. And so they can give them an Apple watch. The watch pairs to the adult's iPhone, and, um, but they then, and it is a cellular watch. And so it does, it allows them to text their kid or see where their kid is if their kid's walking home from school or that kind of thing. And I don't know how popular it is. I haven't, I haven't heard, but um, uh, I think it's a good feature. And it certainly does get around that problem of kids wanting or parents feeling like they need phones to be available when it's really not appropriate for their age. So does the cell service have to be both in the iPhone and also into the watch or just the watch and not this iPhone? Well, so the iPhone will have to have, well, I shouldn't say that. The iPhone will have to have cell service if you are going to have the watch be able to make calls. So it is possible to have an iPhone that does not have cell service, sort of an expensive iPod touch at that point. Um, but uh, you would not be able to have a watch that had its own cell service at that point. Watch cell service is always an add-on to an iPhone plan. Okay. But you could select a minimal iPhone plan. Yes. If your if your primary concern is having that fall detection, so you wouldn't. You, I, 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 frankly, I haven't even looked at plans for so long. But yeah. you, know, you could buy buy the cheapest plan you could get, as long as then you can add the watch on. I will say that a lot of the really cheap plans um, probably don't let you add the watch. Yeah, to, to, I mean it's just one of those things on that the self carriers say that's not a, that's not a thing. You know, you got to be at least you got to be a normal person if you want to watch. Um, if you yeah. want the super cheap plans, then you're, you, they, they really do take away a lot of features. Like a lot of the super cheap plans don't even allow hot, personal hotspot, for instance. Uh, of course, a watch uses an eSIM, and now the phone uses eSIM. Yeah, I don't quite understand how the cell, how the cell companies, I mean, they, they obviously know what devices you have. And so, you know. It's not inconceivable that Apple could come out with a standalone watch at some point, but we're not there yet. And it's just too much you need to do that you need the phone to be able to instigate it. Um, not to mention it's not in Apple's best interest. They want you to have both. Right, yeah. precisely. Pardon me, pardon me one second. God forbid there was a catastrophe. You know, someone falls, that type of thing. And um, the alert goes out to 911. Okay, there's an issue here. Someone fell. So 911 comes, but then is there any way that um, the family, maybe there's someplace else, maybe they're in the house, maybe they're a few, few miles away, that they could be contacted also? Because if a, my, but my question is, is that, you know, 911 could take you to hospital. How would the family know that you're in hospital? So you the way you hospital. specify emergency contacts, and there could be more than one. Yeah, so the way the emergency SOS feature works is, as Brad said, that it calls 911, and it alerts your emergency contacts. So you you set it up to begin with, with your family. So that was how Chuck's girlfriend, when she had her fall, that's why he was notified because he was her emergency contact. Oh. And then as he noted, because that had happened, 
he was able then to, you know, it like helped him track where she was because of that situation, exact, exact situation, right? You want to know someone's, you know, someone's had a car accident. Again, we're in this car crash, new feature, and they've, they've, they've been taken to the nearest hospital. Who knows where that is, you know? And so that's where this will actually both text the emergency contacts and tell them what's happening and you know, allow them to see where you've gone. Um, so and Apple, those, Apple those did a pretty good job on this. Those contacts, they're actually um, put into the iPhone or, or I'm sorry. Yeah, you, just, you specified them in contacts. Oh, okay. In yeah. my house, we use Wi-Fi calling because it's impossible to get a cell signal out. Now, if I'm wearing my iPhone and fall in the house, is the phone using the cellular feature or can it also use the Wi-Fi calling? So the way emergency SOS works, um, the phone will always <laughs> prefer to try to use cellular because it has better location capabilities. However, when you turned on Wi-Fi calling, you specified an address and presumably your house address. And so if you are only on Wi-Fi, if it cannot get cellular in any way, shape, or form because of you're relying entirely on Wi-Fi, then the phone will provide that address to the emergency responders. So if you're in your house, you're fine. Basically, the only reason why it would be a problem is let's say you're on vacation somewhere completely different and you fall and there's no cellular such that you're using Wi-Fi, you would have to actually tell the emergency responders where you were because they would not, otherwise they would go to your house where you are not. But As a matter of fact, in Wi-Fi calling, there's a choice there to update the emergency address. Yeah. Yeah, see, right. If you went, if you were traveling and you were knew you were going to be in that situation, you could change it um, to where you had gone. This is all pretty pretty hypothetical because, I mean, keep in mind, most, most of these kinds of scenarios, you're going to be, I mean, it's only when you are actually unconscious, too, that it becomes a significant issue. Like, if you are conscious, you are going to be talking to the emergency responders, and, and they will be finding out where you are digitally and, you know, trying to talk to you to figure out what is, needs to be done. So, the, can you use the iWatch, like, in the shower? Like, you know, people can slip and fall in the shower. Yeah, yes. it's waterproof. People, do, people use the, wear them in the showers and that type of thing? Yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. Most accidents occur in the home, and this um, is why I think the ability to use Wi-Fi calling if you're in the home is important. But if you don't have any cellular reception in the home, you have to work on their Wi-Fi, not cellular. Yep. Wi-Fi calling is a great feature, and I, I encourage everyone to keep it on um, because, you know, you can even be something as simple as you're in the basement. Right. If you fall going down the basement steps, you probably don't have great cell service in the basement. Um, whereas you're going to be much more likely to have Wi-Fi in the basement. So it's a great feature to have turned on just as, again, one of those little insurance things. I had an office space in the basement for months. And if it wasn't for Wi-Fi calling, it would be useless. Yeah. And how frequently do you have to charge the, uh, the phone then, would you say? The phone the or the phone? Watch? Does the, I mean, oh, excuse me, uh, the, the watch, I mean. So the, the watch battery life is, I mean, Apple sort of calls it all day battery life. Um, basically, when it's new, it will be totally fine. Um, after two years, three years, um, if you start using it for something that uses more power, like a workout, um, you will get to the, towards the end of the day, it'll start saying it needs to go into low power mode. 
and you'll need to recharge it. Um, if you use it very heavily um, for workout type stuff, some that use the drains the battery, you might have to charge it more more frequently than that. But usually, not again. Any any new Apple Watch will last all day for at least probably two years. It's only after that you'll start to have problems. Um, all of the current Apple Watches. Oh, actually, no, I take that back. Sorry. The, <laughs> The Apple Watch Series 8 and the Ultra do fast charging. I don't believe the SE does. And so because the series, and this has been true of the, like the Series 5, 6, 7, 8, all did fast charging. So, for instance, if you wear it to sleep, um, if you want the sleep tracking, you can put it on the charger for like 20 minutes in the morning and it will fully charge. It's really fast. So, um, but the SE, the cheaper one, will not charge that quickly. And so you would you would have to be more careful about that. But again, it's at least two years of usage before you'd start to worry about battery life. Does, does the watch know if a person's going into cardiac arrest? So there are some very specific things it can detect. Um, AFib is the main one. Um, it can detect um, too low or too high heart rates, and, and it will alert you to those kinds of things. It does not call emergency SOS on those. Um, it cannot detect a heart attack specifically. Um, and Apple's really clear about how this is sort of, you know, helpful and diagnostic, but, you know, do not be, do not assume it will detect your, 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 your significant heart problems. So it's, it's, it's very, it's quite limited in what it can do, but still very useful. Better than nothing. Yes. Better than nothing. Um, and, and, you know, I said, again, it's, you know, if it, People, people wear these things, like, suddenly they're warned about, you know, like, a, I have a friend, uh, Tom Bridge, you know, is one of the Mac admins people, um, uh, so big, you know, tech guy, and I forget his exact situation, but, you know, he didn't know he had any kind of heart issue, and suddenly his watch starts telling him that he's he's having an issue, and he, he takes it seriously, and yeah, he was having an issue, so, um, wow. you know, there's plenty of stories about that, you know, being being true, so it's, again, nice little bit of insurance there. Does the watch do that all on its own, or do you have to put on a setting? Um, I believe it's the default, um, but it would be worth looking at certainly in the in the various uh, the health app and the various <laughs> settings for the for the watch just to make sure it's doing what you want it to do. Um, right, but you know you're aware of what those are. I believe it's the default, though. And you could uh, do an occasional EKG with it too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, whenever when I had my issue, you know, I, I was I did an ECG. Actually, didn't didn't work for on the watch because I was bouncing down a truck in a mountain uh, down a mountain in a truck at the time. Um, but uh, uh, you know, I did some sub subsequently, and uh, it was interesting because they were um, apparently I'm textbook, you know, so I, I, my my ECG is is absolutely perfect in terms of all that, which was good, but it didn't explain anything. So, but it did match up with what the doctors got, so that was kind of nice. <laughs> All right. Um, well, Chuck. Um, yeah. Are we? Adam, are we good? Yeah. We I, I think we're good. All? I think we're good. Thank you so much for 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 the time. Um, really appreciate it, Long Island. Thank you so much for having us. This was yeah. a, a lot of fun. It always is fun to come and see you guys. So thank you. We'll so be back at NYIT sometime. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you all, Adam. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm going to. Thank you, Chuck. Yes, certainly. I'm going to wrap it up. Um, this is Mac Voices. Um, I'm Chuck Joyner. Uh, we'll be back with more soon. Thanks for watching and listening. Great. Ciao. All. Bye, all. Bye. Bye. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. 
get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page, and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices, or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.